Hallelujah. And you know, it just goes to show how well and how important parenting is. Amen. Praise God. Can I talk this morning? Amen. New generation. Hmm. It's not all vibes, oh. Amen. Marriage is not just vibes, oh. It's not vibes. You know, when we had our son, you know, I was just looking at him like this. <laughs> One life that God puts in your custody. Like God gave you and said, take care. This, this is my son, my lovely, beloved son. All right. And, you know, it's very important that we understand. And that's why even before you get to marriage, there must be, you must have certain values you know, you must have some values that are in tandem with the word of God. Amen. So you're not just getting married because everybody's getting married. Amen. You're not just having kids because you feel like it's time to have kids. Amen. What happens when the kids come? There's a reason. Someone say there's a reason. And it's very intentional. You know, and in this time and age, look, if there's any time that we need to be more intentional, about parenting, about bringing up children, it's now. You know why? There's so many distractions. And then the world has defined what, they've given a new name to what family is, to what parenting is. And so you hear a, a whole bunch of unscriptural and foolish things that do not align with the word of God. But it's the word our standard, Amen. If this word, if the word of God is our standard, then when it even comes to parenting, we would make sure to train up our child in the way of our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's not old school. Come on, say it's not turn to somebody next to you and say it's not old school. The word of God is not old school. Amen. So you you can never, it's it's the living word. Hallelujah. It's the living word. It's not dead. Praise God. It's the living word. It brings life into every situation. Life into every situation. It's the living word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wow, what a day. What a day. Hallelujah. All right. This morning, we're just going to continue from where we stopped last week. I'm excited to talk about the supernatural life. Amen right supernatural living what it really means to live supernaturally and you know all through all through today you know from um you know right from when bishop came up and you know started to talk you know take the confessions you know we took our confessions on the supernatural and if you notice the acronym everything was what supernatural and last week we talked about how what it means to be supernatural is that you live beyond this present realm. Amen. We are off. We are here. We are right here. We are in this world, but we are, we are not what? We are not of this world. So we are here on this earth, living in this natural realm, but our modus operandi, how we operate while we are here, is what we connect to the higher realm amen which is the supernatural and God has made that life available to you and I 
So why choose to live a lower life? Why choose to live a lower life when you can actually live a life that is higher and superior to what you know the world wants you to live? Because this world wants you live wants you to live a natural life. Praise God. This world wants you to respond to the natural things. Wants you to respond to the natural circumstances. You know, but like we said yesterday, when we walk with God and when we say the supernatural, is that we leave the confines of this natural sphere and we move with God. Because with the supernatural, God never keeps you in the natural space. Amen. God takes you on a journey beyond the supernatural so that you can command the happenings in the natural sphere. And you know, this world is very spiritual. Amen. Very spiritual. And what it means by that is that the spiritual world controls the physical. Simple and short. It controls the physical. So before anything happens here, something has occurred on that realm. And God has given us, you know, privilege of living from that realm of commanding things from that realm and so if you want to see something in the physical all you need to do is what activate activate it in that realm speak life speak the word of God and the word of God is our foundation amen and in case you are tired of hearing that you have a very long way <laughs> Because this word is living and it's true. The word of God doesn't lie. The word of God does not lie. Whatever it says it will do is what it will do. So take God by his word. Amen. Take God by his word. And that word is for somebody here. Take God by his word. Take God by his word. Oh, I love that session, the parable session this morning. Take God by his word. But again, you know, I love the parts where they talked about not responding emotionally. A lot of us respond to life with emotions. Jesus could have been angry. I said, Do you know who I am? Ah! But you know, they, that one, no, they do anything, no. it doesn't shake anybody. You can't, you think the devil doesn't understand English. You have to speak above his pay grade for him to leave you. This word is above his pay grade. You know, they get him. And that's why he, see, guys, he knows. So when scripture says that persecution, are, you know, arose for the world's sake, he sees and spots something that is greater than him. And he comes for it. Because that's the only way he can win. Praise God. That's the only way he can win that battle. Once he can stifle the word, once he can attack the word, he knows that you don't have any other thing. A man without the word is, 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 ah, I'm looking for the right word. A man without the word, you know, like we said last week, that you stay out of this world, you are out of the word of God, you are out of the supernatural. Because it's the basis, it's the foundation for the supernatural. So if you're not here, you're living a natural life. Amen. And it means that what? You're subject to anything that the devil throws at you. But if you want to command life, 
if you want to command life, you go into this word. Amen. You go into this word and let it dictate your lifestyle. Hallelujah. And so this morning, you know, we're still, still talking about the supernatural. You know, still talking about the supernatural. And when, when God called us to a higher living, when God called us to a higher living, he didn't leave us to go out there alone. Amen. So when God calls you and says to live a higher life, it also means that he hands you tools, right? To live this higher life. Hallelujah. So for instance, if I, maybe if I call Messiah and say that, you know, um, uh, looking for the perfect example. And I ask, you know, maybe I ask him to do something you know or it's like in your office for instance let me use your office setting and they need you to achieve a task right um, and they give you so 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 task so so task you know so imagine if you get to you start a job today and they just they just leave you you know someone they said they leave you. they just they just leave you to handle yourself just you know but what happens when you resume at the workplace they give you the tools right to achieve that result they give you everything that you need in fact they ask you sometimes during your interview and say is there anything do you have any question for us is there anything you need us to do is there something you need us to put in place and then you can dictate to them um yes i need a laptop this configuration especially designers you know you can't use there are some laptops that you can't use oh, you people relate to it very there are some laptops that you can't use for modern day design you know if they give you Pentium 2.5 or 3 and they say you should create something that is out of this world you should create a design they give you know they give you that high task won't you just be looking at them like this like eh? <laughs> on this same thing so but they ask you what you need and so they give you oh i need a specification of laptop i need internet because without internet you'll be frustrated and it's the right one that you even need and god bless you if you are using a network that can decide that this moment we need to shut down we we, we need to take a break we are going through a lot that's the end <laughs> you know so what I'm really trying to get at is that they give you everything required, right? To be able to produce the result that they expect of you. And God doesn't do anything less. Amen. He even goes higher. So when God says to come up hither, to live a supernatural life, he hands us tools. He hands us things that we need to live a supernatural life. Amen. And last week we talked about the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I have a name. Say it louder. I have a name. And it's the name of Jesus. And at, that, at the mention of that name, every knee bows and every tongue confesses. There is nothing. Say it again. There is nothing that I face that is above the name of Jesus. In fact, every situation, every circumstance, bows to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? 
And so you have that name. Scripture says that he has given him a name above every other name. Above every other name. Think of it. Above every other name. Look, it doesn't matter what the devil throws. It doesn't matter what you face. It doesn't matter the kind of pandemic that would arise. It still is not above the name of Jesus. Amen. It still is not above the name of Jesus. Praise God. And so we have a name as potent as the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And this morning, I want to delve into, you know, um, something else. And we're just going to treat, you know, a, a part of it. And we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. I like the sound of it. It says the gifts is that, look, to live this life, take these and these are the things that you require to live this life. Amen. And you know, in talking about the name of Jesus, we also have in that name, you know, before he attained that name, there was something that God used, that Jesus used. There was something that had to give way. And the Old Testament every time they sinned amen they will slaughter bulls and rams and you know all of those things and bring the blood to our peace but that could only cover up for a while they did it yearly one day i was thinking i said if we had continued in that way no no car will be alive. Nothing will be alive. Because people will just be slaughtering per minute, per second billing. But God had a plan. God had a plan. And he was going to do it once and for all. Hallelujah. Once and for all. So that we did not have to come back yearly or weekly to keep appeasing and to keep atoning for our sins and God's plan was the blood of Jesus that very precious blood of Jesus and so when you talk about the name of Jesus also remember that that blood was spilled on your behalf on your behalf the devil can't stand the blood amen the devil cannot what stand the blood Jesus died went to the cross and went back to the father and said look this is it this is what you asked for so that my brothers and sisters will live the life that you have called them to live because at the very beginning, when man surrendered his authority to God, something was taken away. The supernatural life was taken away. The ability to live from that realm was taken away at the very beginning. But God's plan was his plan. So even though man had messed up, 
God was determined to restore that thing back. And God knew. He only took the sacrifice of Jesus to bring it back. And so by the blood that was shed on your behalf, you have the right again to leave from that realm. Amen. And so you are not helpless. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not helpless. You're not helpless. You have that blood. You have the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary for you. Engage it. Engage that blood. Hallelujah. And God in his mercies, you know, that sacrifice was once and for all. Jesus didn't need to again. He's not going to. Whatever he has done, he has done once and for all. Amen. Once and for all. Hallelujah. And so this morning, we want to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, pardon me. Because that's another tool that God has given us to live this victorious life. To live the victorious life. Because Jesus knows that you can't live it on your own. And so let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm go we're going to read together. All right. All right. All right. One, two, ready and read. Let's read together. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Verse two, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a cost, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Amen. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirit to another different kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues hallelujah verse 1 says that brethren I do not want you ignorant and what Paul was driving at was this lest you live an ordinary life let me bring to your knowledge what has been made available for you to be able to live the life that God wants you to live. And he says, I do not want you ignorant. Because it means that you can actually go on living and not partake of the tools and the gifts that God has given you. And what you'll be doing by that is that you'll be robbing yourself short of the kind of life. You will not be able to produce the kind of fruits that you ought to produce. And so Paul, 
Paul said, look, I have to tell you guys something. Because I do not want you, lest you say, oh, I did not know that this thing was available to me. Let me bring to your knowledge everything that God has brought, has provided for you. Hallelujah. And from verse 6 thereabouts, it starts to talk about, you know, it starts to mention all of them. It starts to mention, you know, um, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, you know, and, you know, all the way down. And so, why, why did God give us this gift? Why did God give us this gift? I know I've said, you know, to be able to live a supernatural life, right? But remember that in God's big agenda and global agenda for the earth, there's one thing at the center of his heart. And that's his people. Amen. And so God gave us these gifts for the purpose of ministry. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, for the purpose of ministry. Now, as we have said ministry, somebody is thinking to themselves, ah, maybe it's just for pastors or evangelists and the likes, apostles, teachers. Let's open our Bible quickly to 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 18 to 19. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 18 to 19. All right, I read. It says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Come on, somebody say, God has given me. Say it louder. God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. And that means that God has literally put you as a as a force on this earth, as a tool on this earth to bring people back to him. Now, if the only avenue where God could achieve that was on the pulpit, there's already a limitation. Praise God. If the only place where men can be reconciled is when any man stands on this pulpit, there's already a limitation. Praise God. And so when God says he has given you the ministry of reconciliation, is that wherever you find yourself, you are reconciling men back to God. Now that's what it means to be a minister. So do I have ministers in the house? Ah, people are not sure. Do I have ministers in the house? Can I see their hands up? All right. So if after service I call you and I say, Ah, Pastor Ebun. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry, Ebun. As you have even sat there today like this. That your glasses is all I'm seeing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have been given a ministry of reconciliation. So it means that wherever you find yourself, in the workplace, in your business, in your family, there is something that is common to all of us. And that's what? 
to bring men to Christ. Amen. So we are all ministers of the gospel. We are all ministers of this gospel. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the evangelist, bishop. Everybody. We have all been given that ministry. Because God is really concerned about advancing his kingdom. And when we say advancing the kingdom of God is to spread the influence of this kingdom wherever you find yourself. Amen. So whether you are in the workspace, work whether you are wherever you are, is that the influence of God is being spread. But guess what? It is people who spread that influence. That is why the number one job is to actually reconcile men back to him who will then be able to spread the influence of God. So it's a ripple effect because you and I are not enough to reach the whole world. Amen. There are places that you can't go to. There are places that the sole of your feet will not step. There are places that, you know, even if you write a book, there are places that you cannot reach. So one man, Jesus, was not enough to even reach the whole world. He had disciples. And then those one discipled others. And then, like that. That's why we're here. Because somebody took on the ministry of reconciliation. And he got to you. And he must not stop with you. God's agenda for the earth is to make sure that people are reconciled to his original intent. There are men who are living outside of God's will. It's your job. It's our job to make sure that they encounter God and they can get back to the source of their life. They can get back to the source of their living. They can get back to the original thing that God has created them to do. Amen. And so you are a minister. But God hasn't left you alone. You have the name of Jesus. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the very sure word of prophecy. Which is the foundation of every other thing. Because without the word, there's nothing you're giving out. You can't reconcile men to God if there's no word inside. Praise God. Because what will happen is that when you're out there, because there's no word the world has the opportunity to overshadow you. And before you know, because we're in, a, we're in a business of making disciples, guys. God is trying to make disciples. The devil is also trying to make disciples. And so, there is no intermediary on the surface of this earth. There are two spirits that govern this earth. The spirit of God and the spirit of the devil. And they are both trying to do similar things. Colonization. So when God says to go and reconcile, is that you take his word to them and help them to think in a better way. Help them to see life in a different way. So in your office, in your business, wherever it is that you find yourself, you are communicating the truth of God's word to them that changes how they think, that changes how they function, that changes their value system. 
And when you do that, there's a transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Scripture says in Colossians that he has transferred us from what? From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So listen guys, there is nobody on the surface of this earth that is in the middle. They might call it whatever they want. There is no soul that is in the middle. There is no middle ground. You are, you are functional in one sphere. No middle ground. So, you know, how many people have met people that me, I don't I don't practice any religion, no. Me and my own religion. Ah. Exactly what the devil wants. Exactly what the devil wants you to be is where you are. No, I don't practice any religion, no. I'm me, I'm not, I'm not even a Christian, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not anything. I don't, I just I'm a free, I'm a free thinker. Wow. You think for a living. <laughs> free thinker exactly that's what the devil wants and without knowing people have created they have created themselves to be gods to their own to their to themselves they have become idols to themselves so there's nobody that is just lounging on the surface of the earth nobody it's just that some people are spiritual but they are spiritual on the wrong side because this world is a world, is a spiritual world. Praise God. Praise God. And so I was talking about colonization. That's the work. Is that wherever you find yourself as a believer, wherever you find yourself as a child of God, you are doing something to help the other man out of this kingdom that can crush and destroy them. And you are saying, look, this place where you are, but, you know, <laughs> as I said that now, I just thought of somebody that, <laughs> I just thought of somebody who, who was looking at somebody in the face and said, it's this place, that this life that you are living, you are, you are headed to destruction. You better come to, come to God now. You know, but God gives us wisdom for different people. There are some people that that thing can work for. <laughs> you know, yes, there are some people that actually need that kind of evangelism. You just say, come, 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 come. The way you are going, your life will spoil, I'm telling you. The way you are going like this, your life will spoil. You know, Pastor Shola used to gist us one time <laughs> in pre-degree when they went for evangelism, you know, and they were sharing flyer, sharing flyer. He just gave one person. And the person said, no, no, I'm not coming. They just vexed. Say, come on, my friend, give me. You think I'm going to beg you? Be going. <laughs> but a lot has changed now, right? That's like how many years ago? 13 years or there about ago. And so that's the work that we do. So that little, that five minutes that you have with your colleague, that person that God has been laying upon your heart, speak to this person. Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. And you're saying, God, what am I going to say? This is already, you're, well, every man for himself. Oh. And you'll be surprised that in just five minutes, when you open your mouth to speak the word, and that's why, guys, listen. This thing can't happen 
if it is Big Brother or um, football or what? Movies that you are just stuffing yourself with. When you go and meet them, the first thing that will come to mind is, ah, did you watch that this thing yesterday? That's, that's all some of us do in our place of work. You call it trying to familiarize yourself with them. But for how long? God needs you to communicate the word, the word to them. And I'm not saying, it doesn't even have to be that. Sit down. Open, come, 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 come. See Leviticus. See, see, this is your life as it's going. This is your life. No. It's not that. And this is where the gifts of the Spirit come into play. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God didn't give us that thing just to... It's not... Ah, the gifts of the Spirit are not to keep you like this. Mm. I watched one video. You know this generation, we are, we are, we are fighting a lot of battles. Though. You must have seen that video on, on YouTube or something or Instagram. I just said, your name is... The man just dropped. That's, that's idolatry. Idolatry. That's, that's what it is. The gifts of the Spirit are not to keep you like this. Oh, I have a word for you. Um, please give me water first. Before I say this word, I have to drink water. And then when you're done, do you have wine? <laughs> what is it? God has given you this. It's a word. It's a short word of prophecy. The living word. And that's where the gifts of the Spirit come in. The word of wisdom. We're going to read a scripture now. The Samaritan woman. Ah, ah. Jesus went there. Can I have water? Just to show you that Jesus also works in the gifts of the Spirit. He did not walk this earth casually. And he says, oh, okay. Go and call me your husband. <laughs> says, sir. True to God. <laughs> I don't have. Even the one that I don't have. And Jesus said, you have spoken right. And he says, because even the one that you are with now is not your husband. Ah! Her eyes open like, boom! Scripture says at the end of the day, she went back into the town. Come and see, oh, come and see. Come and see a man who has told me about my life. That woman brought men and women and women of her city to God. Jesus just encountered one woman. She was the one who went in. Come and see. Come, come, come and see. So God just says, talk to that person. God gives you a word. I'm, I'm, I'm delving, I'm going in and out, but please follow me. Alright? The word of knowledge. Because God, God... God had an insight into her life. And with that, he was able to call her out. So when God gives you a word for somebody, don't hold it. Do you know what God wants to do with it? God gives you a word. This guy is going through. You know, you have been, you have been trying to talk to a colleague at work. 
the person looks like he doesn't like to talk to anybody just on his own or on our own you have been wondering you have been wondering that this one doesn't even like talking so you have given her distance she's always moody you know and God tells you there's something going on or God shows you something about the person's past and how it's affecting the future and you go there with humility of heart and say, Becca. So please, 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 please. I don't want to talk now. I'm just I'm just I'm not just in the right frame. You don't know, say, Oh, I want to help you. Don't worry. No. But God gives you wisdom. I say, Becca, I understand what is going going on with you. And then you begin to give her details. You didn't know. And that's why we must act in humility. It's, it's, it's a humble heart that can receive from God. It's a humble heart. A humble heart. Who is there anybody here that can that can tell that can, that in your in your in your natural state of mind? You can tell me what happened when I was four years old. In your natural state, that you can begin to tell me, ah, Pastor Laji, no. Unless God brings it to you. And these gifts are there for the word ministry of reconciliation. So when God gives you specific words for people, and then you go and meet them. Bella, Becca, Shokbe, whatever. And then you tell them what God has laid upon your heart. It's like a light bulb. Somebody that has, it's like somebody that has been putting up a resistance for so long. You come with a word that is precise to where she is right now or where he is right now. That word just crumbles. It's only God that can do that. You know, I... Recently, I was telling I was telling my wife and some some other leaders here that I realized that just in the past few months, I just realized that you know, if I meet somebody, it's not like I I am trying to. It's like when I meet you, maybe not everybody. For most people, that I meet. And maybe the ones that God wants me to, she get. It's like God gives me a template. I I just see who you are, like the real you. So, what you present to me, I'm not faced by it. It's like God opens me up to your life. And then sometimes, I just start to ask questions. And it guides the way I converse with such people. And by the time I'm done, I'll be like, wow. Wow. And I realized that it's only God who could have done that. But guess what? Guess one of the other things that I have done consciously. I am conscious of it. Praise God. I lay a demand on it. I lay a demand on it. 
And so when I start to sense that God is speaking to me about somebody, in my heart, we might be talking, but in my heart, I'm just, my spirit man is conversing with God. God, who is this person? Who? Who? I lay a demand on it. And I'm saying that you can do the same thing, even in that boardroom. And last week we talked about the word. It was re-emphasized again today. The word, the word of God helps you to discern. Hallelujah. Jesus could discern the people that he encountered every single time. There's a particular scripture. I think it was in, somewhere in Matthew. I, I, I don't want to waste time looking for it. But Jesus always had encounters with the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? I'm sure that at some point they were tired of him because Jesus always had the right response to every one of their questions. So they did something this time around. The Pharisees sent their own disciples. Say, this is what you are going to ask him. Go. Then when they came to him, they said, Master, we know you are, we know you are a man of your word. We know you are a man of integrity. They had said all the sweet things, but Jesus knew who they were. Jesus knew who they were. Jesus was able to discern the true identity of those people. The true what? Identity, who they were. So he knew that these ones have come to trap me with another question. So even though they didn't come themselves this time around, they sent somebody else. And I'm saying this because I want us to be able to relate the word of God to our life. It's the reason why, one of the reasons, core reasons why we started parables. So that you can see how this word really applies to you. And so somebody comes to you one, one day and wants to do a business with you. Everything looks perfect. <laughs> it's too good to be true. The person has ticked all the dots. He has ticked everything. everything. Everything just looks perfect. In fact, maybe they have tried to reach out to you before. They have gone. They have come to make another proposal. But there is a truth in you. It's called the word of God. That no man can lie to. Nothing, nothing is hidden from the word. Because the word is light. And the word penetrates. Hey! The word what penetrates. Please help me open Hebrews 4, verse 12. If you can get the TPT version or amplified, I would appreciate. Hebrews 4, 12. Thank you. Please look at this. This is amplified, right? Passion. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. It says, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. Amen. Amen. Like a two-mounted sword. KJV says a double-edged sword. Nothing can escape it. It says it will even penetrate to the core of our being. That's what the word of God does. It penetrates. It penetrates the very intent of people's hearts. It says, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. I like this last part. It said, it interprets and reveals the true thoughts 
and secret motives of our hearts. Praise God. So you are seated with the person because there's a truth in you. That word in you begins, it's like a decipher of men. Penetrates the real thing they are trying to do. They might be hiding. They might have covered up, matched up in front of you. But the word of God reveals the true intent and the motives of every man. And that's why you must be full of that word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This word is a living word. It says that it penetrates even bone and marrow. Active. Sharp. Potent. Full of life. Full of energy. It's not a... It's not just paper. Oh, praise God. These words are supposed to be imprinted on the tablets of your heart. You're supposed to be full of the word. It even helps you. You know sometimes when we read this scripture, we always just think that this word will help us discern men. It will help you to discern your own motives. Even you. Have you been in a situation where you ask yourself, why am I doing this thing? Oh, praise God. Has anyone been there before? Like you ask yourself that why am I doing you know when God convicts your heart and God shows you uh, the reason why you are doing this thing is because you want to show yourself it's not because you want to give glory to me Joe. and God begins to convict you you know what the word of God has done there it has searched your own heart it has clarified the motive gone deep to clarify the intent of your own heart because sometimes we can just be saying oh I'm all for the glory of God the glory of God, the glory of God. And God is looking at you. Son, continue. You are all for the glory of you, the glory of you. But if you don't have the word, you can't know. Listen, there is a part in the scripture, there's a, a part in the scripture that says, I, I, I still wonder about that thing today. It says, we have done all these things in your name. Ah, and say, my friend, leave my front. I don't know you. So, and that's why I, I say it over again. You see, service, being a worker or doing everything is not the main deal. If you don't have this word that will drive your life, if you don't have this word that will drive your life, so yes, the word of God helps us to clarify our own heart, our own motives too. It's not just for other people. But God needs the residue of the word inside of you to even be able to communicate with you. But if there's no word, how does God want to reach you? If there's no word residual in your heart, how does God want to be able to tweak and adjust the, you know, the things that he needs to adjust in your life? Praise God. Somebody learning something this morning. And so God gives us these gifts. Word of wisdom. What's the word of wisdom? I'll just read what I have here, you know, and then it says what? Supernatural revelation by God's spirit 
concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. And it really talks about the future. And so, God gives you a word. You know, some, have you met somebody before and, you know, you tell them what you see about them. God gave you a word about them. And then they are looking like you like, what? It cannot be. Because somewhere in between, there has been, there has been a revelation of that word too on the person's heart. And so when God gives you a word of wisdom for someone, again, like we said, it's not to brag. It's not to feel on top of the world. It's to be able to communicate God's intent, God's will concerning a situation, concerning a person. And God gives you a word. You see? Indeed, the word is a sword, though. If you have watched all those movies, you know, there are certain swords that can slice somebody into two. There are some that is like axe. You have to do it before. But the word of God, not a waste time. It gets there and it penetrates. It opens up. That's what it does. So whether it's word of wisdom, word of knowledge that speaks to a particular situation or the past of a person, is to do one thing, is to open up the person to God. Full stop. Is that God finds a place where he can penetrate the person's heart. So when God gives you, when you function in those gifts, it is to ultimately reconcile people to him. But some of us are not aware of it. We think it's just for pastors. We think it's just for ministry gifts. Fivefold ministry. Because anytime we hear ministry, that's the first thing that comes to our mind. I say, ah, me, I'm not in ministry. Um, I'm me, me, I'm me. This, you know, we just, we just cut ourselves short. Rob ourselves of what we ought to enjoy, what we ought to step into. And so, how do we position ourselves? Because ultimately, remember that God is the source. But God doesn't communicate his heart to a proud person. God looks at the heart, oh. It's man that looks on the outward. To everybody, you can be all prim and proper, perfect. But God is looking at your heart. And so sometimes the reason why you might not be able to function in it is that you are full of yourself. We should desire these gifts. Amen. But listen, there is a way to function in the gifts. Apart from staying in the word and staying in prayer, our hearts must be, we must, we must come like a child to God. Because, like I said before, I don't have the ability, you know, and, and maybe the way it has been projected. And you know, there have been different images projected in, in, in you know, across, across this, this little, this faith. This faith that we're all practicing. And then it feels like, maybe it just feels like, you know, pastors are the, they are the custodians of God's voice or God's heart. 
and you fail to realize that the pastor is actually functioning in his own office. Function in your own office. Wherever God has called you to. God has called you to the career space. God has called you, whatever it is. You are a minister. Come on, say I'm a minister. Say it again, I'm a minister. You're a minister. Don't minister of transportation, no. That's not the kind of minister I'm talking about. Because that's the next one that someone is thinking, ah, I'm a minister. I know. No. Don't be ashamed of God. Amen. Some of us are too ashamed of God in our space. You don't want them to know that you're a Christian. So who will now know? You don't want them to know that you're a Christian. I just want to be, you know, I just want to be. I'm not saying you should go and print banner and put it at your back and make Christian. That's not what it means to be a Christian. It actually shows in our deeds and in our actions what we believe in. Listen, we don't need to know. You don't need to come and tell me. But what you say and what you believe in and how you act will tell me whether you're a Christian or not. So I'm not saying that tomorrow now you get to your office Go and meet your boss. Boss, please, I, I need special permission. I, I, I need to speak about my faith the more. And so I just need permission to, to be able to print, you know, on one side of my body uh, that I'm a Christian. Or on my jacket, I need to stylishly put something there. Now, Christian, I be. They might just sack you immediately. But I'm saying, in being a Christian, it's a lifestyle. It's not a religion. It's to live the way Jesus lived. And that's why the word Christian is to be what? Christ-like. It's to be Christ-like. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so if you look through the scriptures, Jesus at every point in time functioned in the gifts of the Spirit. So that insight, that knowledge that you have of the next person or of that colleague came from somewhere, came from God. It is to be able to win that person back to God. Sometimes you don't know where people are. I'm telling you, you don't know the state, their current state. And then, but you think that you, you, you think that that word is not heavy. You know, so, some of us, we're just thinking of, we're looking for heavy word. You want to decipher the word. You want to diagnose. You want to be able to split it into two. First half, you, you know, you want to be able to. And God just says, tell her I love her. That's all. Or tell her I love her and just give her a hug. Sometimes that's what he, he, he needs. That's what that person needs. That's what the, the wall in the person's heart needs to break down. And so I want us to be sensitive as we walk with God. One, be full of the word. Hallelujah. Come on, say be full of the word. 
full of God's word. Be full of God's word. God doesn't act outside his word. Praise God. Scripture says that he exalts his word above his name. The words of his lips are very important. And that's why over time in scriptures, it says, adhere to my word, listen to me, take heed to my word, take heed to my word, take heed. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And so have a renewed commitment in your heart that I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm a minister of reconciliation. And what does it mean to be a minister of reconciliation? I am God's agent here on earth to bring people back to him. That's it. That's it. To bring people back to him. And you know, this very thing is what fuels evangelism. Amen. It's what actually fuels evangelism. And I pray for everyone here that God will give you a burden for his people. You didn't hear that prayer. God will give you a burden for his people. Because listen guys, without that thing, evangelism will just be activity. Is that you're able to look at somebody and you are welling up with compassion in your heart. Just thinking about the person already. Thinking about this person that, ah, your life can be better than this. You, you are just ruminating. It's that person that God is looking for. And why are people like that here? God is looking for such people. Not people who are just after themselves. My own life, me, myself, and I. That's not what God is looking for. God, is, you know, for some of us, we just want to be comfortable. Live life. Get married. And like the old saying goes, live happily ever after. Only God knows what that means. What does happily ever after mean? Let's just be fine. No trouble. I don't want any, you know, if I had my chance, I'll just go to Santorini and just relax. Look, my own is soft life. I don't have um, a soft life that God has called me to. I can't be, I don't have time to be talking to people, you know. Uh, I mean, everybody to their fate, please. <laughs> everybody to their fate. I don't, I'm not, I'm not. Listen. There's a type of man that God uses. Praise God. There is what? A type of man that God uses. I know the first criteria. A man that is dead to himself. A man that is dead to himself. Is that God can literally take you any day and says and just direct your life whichever way he wants to. Not that you are struggling with God. Like say, mm, 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 mm. no, no. Is that God can grab you by the hand and say, this is the next place. And I say, anywhere, Lord. And then, you know, in your mind, you might have calculated one year. But in two months, God says, moves you again and says, on to the next. This generation is in dire need of dead men. Dead men. Men like God. Men like Jesus. 
you know, I usually wonder. Hmm. I was talking to certain people there. I wonder how Jesus, I wonder how many kilometers he walked on the surface of this earth. He was always moving from one place to the other, from one place to the other. Hallelujah. God could count on Jesus. Can God count on you? Can God count on you to deliver his mandates here on earth? Can God count on you? Can God look at you today and say, ah, whatever, whatever I want him to do, he will do it. Listen, you know, we talk about Job and that statement that, that God made. <laughs> God literally was boasting about Job. It was God that called his attention, no? Praise God. Do you realize? It was God. So have you seen my son? God, God could beat his chest at this one. Nothing you are going to do him that will make him turn against me. Oh yeah, go. I give you permission. Just don't take his life. Can God count on you? Can God boast about you? Can God say, this is my son, this is my daughter. Whatever I want him or her to do is what she would do. I know we are all, you know, it's a journey, right? But we must, we must commit to being dead every day. We must commit to it every day. That God can infiltrate our lives without, without asking you any question. Some of us, we still want to negotiate with God. We want to negotiate. You take half, I take half. Take this part, this one. Just leave it to me. Leave it don't touch it. Let me handle it myself. And you limit God when you do that. Some of us will have categorized when it comes to our work. They know they touch him. We can't, God can't even, he can't whisper, he can't blow you small breeze like this that you hear, I can feel. Why? Because you have formed a fortitude around it. You have built a wall around that thing. Some of us, it's not our career, it's our business. Some of us, it's family. Some different things. We are built. And you have told God, by doing that, what you have told God is, this part, Baba, free. Free this place for me. Make a handle. Any other thing you can have, you can have. And so when you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're actually lying. Because the only thing that you have accepted is Jesus your Savior. You haven't accepted him as your Lord. Because to accept Jesus as your Lord is that you give your life to him. And you say anything you want to do with it. You are the owner. You are the Lord over my life. So this week, you are going to run back to your Savior. But not just your Savior. You are going to run back to him to lay down your life at his feet and say, Lord, I, I truly accept you as my Lord. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not, I'm not forming a, a stronghold. Some of us have formed a stronghold out of certain things that God can't touch. Hallelujah. And so wherever you are, just lift your hands to God. 
And I want you to recommit yourself. Recommit your life. And say, I want you to say it again, Lord, I truly accept you as my Lord and Savior. Not just my Savior, but my Lord and Savior. Not just my Savior, but my Lord and Savior. Come on, I can hear you, church. As my Lord and Savior. Lord, I 